Hello, beloveds. It's Ardeth Blumenthal. As promised today, I have brought on to our podcast a friend of mine, Dr. Karen, who happens to be board certified in both occupational medicine and internal medicine, and she has a master's in public health. So much of her her public career, she has um, done exactly with the kinds of things that we see the doctors from the CDC doing now. And I thought it would be a great thing to hear things from her perspective, especially since she's a woman of God and a woman of prayer. So she looks at these things from the same viewpoint that we do, that God is sovereign and that he is mighty and strong in the face when we when we're facing any enemy. So welcome Karen to the podcast. Hello artist, how are you today? God bless you and God bless all your listeners. Thank you so much. I'm doing really well. So I was wondering if you would um, just tell the audience a little bit about your walk with the Lord and what it has meant to you to be both a physician in the healing uh, arts and sciences sciences, and a believer and a follower of Jesus. Well, I really learned a lot about, um, about this kind of union of being a doctor and a believer uh, about eight years ago when I found out I had a uh, breast cancer, and I had a, a pretty bad form of it. Um, but at, right at the time that I got my biopsy results, God told me, he said, daughter, let go of the rope and fall into my hands. I'll catch you. So yeah. from that time on, I went through this horrible experience with cancer, and I was never afraid because I knew that God would catch me. And I think that that's what he's saying to all of us during this time. That God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of, of power and love and a sound mind. So, you know, we shouldn't have a spirit of fear, he says, but we do have power because of the word of the Lord. We have love that we can show to our fellow, um, of all the fellow people that are, that are in our, our, our um, circle, and also a sound mind. And by sound mind, I think he means wisdom. Um, wisdom is part of having a sound mind, and wisdom is also science. So we need to listen to the various scientists who are dealing with us with this epidemic, and we need to follow their instructions. So, so you um, believe that science and medicine and faith are all compatible? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's. it's one of the reasons I went into medicine to begin with was because I saw where that, you know, so much of Jesus' ministry was healing, right? Right. And well, I think that uh, probably the same thing that uh, wrote, uh, you know, caused you to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. It, we are called to, to, one of the things we're called to do is we're called to heal people just like Jesus did. Right. So um, I just wanted to ask you, why, um, because people are asking me, why is keeping apart from one another part of this whole package? It seems so counterintuitive when the people of God have always been instructed to bring two or more together. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, in order to really understand that, I think you need to understand a little bit about how this virus is transmitted. And there's two ways. Um, first of all, it's a very infectious virus. Um, but basically, um, when people there's droplet transmission. So when people cough or sneeze, um, they, this, the droplets with the virus can go out or even six feet. So that's why they talk about, you know, being like, away from people. And then also, but then also for the virus can live on surfaces, um, like your hands or other kinds of surfaces. So that's why we're told, um, you know, not to shake hands with other people. Um, so the safest thing to do in order to, to contain the virus is to just follow these recommendations, which is what they refer to as social distancing. So now, so it's more for it's more for other people actually than it is for us. We're, we're, we're trying to we're trying to keep other people safe. Yeah, we're definitely trying to keep other people safe because as soon as we get the virus, then we can become part of the problem too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we could take up healthcare resources that really are desperately needed for other people. Um, people like my age, I mean, you don't know how much sick I'm going to get. I mean, I could end up taking up a ventilator or something like that that somebody else could really benefit from. Mm-hmm. So what they're trying to do, what we want to do is not spread the virus because you can be an asymptomatic shredder, shedder of the virus. In other words, you could have it and for the first few days really not know it or have mild symptoms. Um, they found that the virus is like in little, uh, pops up in little clusters of people. And um, you don't want to be part of the problem. You want the resources to, uh, you know, so that, that's the whole idea of what they call flattening the curve. Um, and it, so by decreasing the number of sick people, it also gives the country a chance to catch up with the things we need to fight this epidemic, like better testing for the virus, which is coming soon, we hope. Mm-hmm. Um, increase in production of ventilators and development of medications and vaccines. So until the country as a whole can kind of catch up with some of these things, we need to do our part by staying safe. Mm-hmm. That really makes good sense. It's very practical advice. Besides staying at home um, and keeping our distance, what else can we do to protect other people and to keep well, get and not get sick ourselves? I mean, the big thing, as you talked about, we've talked about, and I'm sure you've heard, is washing your hands with soap and water. Mm-hmm. For 20 seconds, which is a happy, singing happy birthday twice. Um, <laughs> doing, that, doing that frequently. Um, the reason that soap is so good is because the virus itself actually has what's called a lipid membrane, or it has a lot of fat in the membrane, and soap is something that breaks down fat. Um, when you can't get uh, near soap and water, use hand sanitizer. Um and then don't touch your face with unclean hands. Um, if your hands aren't clean, um, the best way, if your nose itches, I mean, this has been the hardest thing for me is not to touch my face. But the way I kind of train myself is I put a lot of Kleenex in my waistband. Mm-hmm. When I feel like I need to scratch my nose, I reach for the Kleenex. Okay. And then I scratch my nose and I throw the Kleenex away. Um, and the third thing to do is covering your mouth when you cough. I mean, if you can't get to that Kleenex in time, which often you can't if you're coughing or sneezing, um, 
just try to sneeze into your elbow. You know, hold your elbow up in front of you and, and sneeze into your elbow again because we don't want these droplets going out three to six feet. So let me ask you a question. If you're staying in, then you're, you're, that sort of limits your necessity of doing these things um, repeatedly, or sh- are they still important? Well, I think it's like any habit. It's hard to, um, I, I think it's better to get in the habit of doing these things. Mm-hmm. So I try to do them even when I'm just at home with one other person. Um, I get up, I, I try to disinfect my surfaces every day, uh, you know, frequently touch the handles like doorknobs, glasses, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I still use my Kleenex. All those things I mentioned, I do them because now I'm in the habit of doing them. So we've heard on the news that, you know, these droplets can live on cloth and they can live, they can live on metal and all these different things. So if we go out... Um, to the store or the bank or something like that, is there something different we should do when we get home? Well, you make sure that um, I, when I go out, I actually wear, like to the grocery store, I wear gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you don't have gloves, you, you make sure that you get one of those hand wipes that they have the grocery store and sanitize the car. Um, when you come home, make sure that you um, wash your hands and um, whatever... Uh, you know, get, and whatever surfaces they come in contact with the bags and so forth, I've had to do a resanitization of those surfaces. Um, when my refrigerator is pretty empty before I go out, I do a wipe down of all those surfaces as well. Uh, so just uh, keeping keeping those things clean as you can and minimizing going out. I mean, there's a lot of things that are open, like banks aren't open. I mean, automatic tellers are open, but really the only place you can go anymore is to the grocery store. You have to get carry out food, right? I think that's true around here. I don't think it's true in every state, but it's certainly what's happening uh, here in the New York metropolitan area, and it sounds like it's what's happening in Missouri now as well. Well, you- I, I tell you something. I started this, what I'm talking to you about, before mm-hmm. it was happening, before they mandated it in St. Louis. So anybody that's in the sound of my voice, just start it now. Mm-hmm. Start practices now. I mean, I, I saw something kind of semi-humorous on Facebook. It said, your grandparents were asked to fight a war. You're being asked to sit on a to stay home and sit on a couch. We could do it, huh? Yeah, we could do it. <laughs> I think that's probably true. Um, so I have a couple of questions just about the, um, the disease itself. So what are the, we hear it on the news, but we want to hear it from somebody that we know and trust. What are the symptoms? Well, the, 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 the big symptom is fever. So one thing you should make sure is that you own a thermometer. Um, if you have, the virus can start so, so that you feel like you're getting early symptoms of the cold or flu though. Um, with cough, um, and then um, fatigue, maybe to start with. But once you get a fever, and um, especially if you get shortness of breath, that's the time you really need to call in your professional help. Also, don't wait to get that call-in number until you're sick, because when you're sick, you're sick. So look up the local call-in number right now 
either for your doctor, your healthcare system, or your public health department. If you look on your new, in the newspaper, they should have some call-in numbers for you where they can even call in, describe your symptoms, and they will help you decide if you should be tested or whatever you do. Um, if you're really, really feeling sick and need to call 911 or going into a hospital, make sure that you uh, notify 911 as well as the hospital you're going to of your symptoms and that you're coming in so they can be prepared for you. Right. I, I know that every county in the country has a public health service. So I looked up my public health service to see we, where we, we could go for testing and where we could go for treatment. So I, I already followed your advice before I got it, but I think it's, a, I think it's an excellent thing to do. Well, yeah, because you're smart. Yeah, you're right. You're prepared. Everybody and says. Everybody says <laughs> be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. So um, does the testing hurt? No, it's just a swab. I mean, it's just a, I think a nasal swab. Okay. Um, uh, the problem is, is that they're not testing a lot of people because we haven't had a lot of test kits. But that is supposedly going to change, we hope. And um, so I think what we're going to see is more people being tested and the actual numbers of people with diagnosed coronavirus going up. That doesn't mean we have more coronavirus in the community. It just means we're detecting it more, and people are going to be quarantined a little earlier. Um, so, and also, the new tests that are going to come out, supposedly the results will be back in three hours rather than three days. Mm-hmm. So that will also help us to kind of lock down these groups of, you know, groups of people that have the virus but really don't have many symptoms. Now, in your experience... How long do things like this last? Uh, well, uh, it, it, we don't know. I mean, it, that's why the testing thing is so important. Um, the sooner that we can stop transmission of the virus by staying at home and by early detection and um, uh, quarantining people, having them shelter in place if they have the virus, the sooner we will stop the transmission. I mean, in China... Um, where they did this for millions and millions of people, there are it's showing that, that basically the infection rate is going down. Um, so, we, you know, the outcome really depends on what we do right now. I mean, what we do as a society, as a, um, a individual, as a state, um, and that kind of thing. Um, so something... Uh, you know, the, the big thing is just to, to, I think, to follow your local newspaper and find out what your local public health says for you to do in terms of precautions. Okay. Um, that should be a top line in your public health, in the newspaper. Um, and remember, just take it one day at a time. I mean, this is a relatively short period in your life, but it's a, an important one. Um, so serve others by doing what you're supposed to do and do the right thing. Yes, that, that, that's really all really good practical advice, and I think those are easy to, things to follow. I was wondering, because of the fact that you have combined faith and, and science and medicine all of this time, if you have any advice about how um, you would recommend praying about this. 
Well, I mean, uh, the first thing I would I would just suggest is before I get to prayer, is don't watch too much of the news. Watch your intake of the news mm-hmm. because um, again, God didn't give us a spirit of fear and power, but the power of love and a sound mind. So, um, for uh, what I've been doing is is reading through your book of prayers, you know, storming heaven with prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read through it every day with a, a person who is at home, an elderly person who's got cancer. And so I've, I've been reading those prayers, too, and they're, they're just wonderful. They're very helpful. Um, I also think that this is a good time to increase your intake of the Word. Um, uh, before this all came down, um, my fiancé and I were involved in a Bible study on Luke. So I've just been continuing my own personal Bible study of Luke. Uh, you know, just 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 stay in the Word, and 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 pray, uh, pray with pray with God for for strength. I need I really needed to pray to reduce my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, I was having a lot of anxiety about this. I was having problems sleeping and things like that. And so um, I had this very specific prayer for me to uh, decrease my anxiety. I also think that any time that you can serve other people, um, that also is very helpful. Um, just and by serving, I mean, I have a kind of little group of people that I call on the phone every day, that I FaceTime or just check in on them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of other people around that are having a tougher time than you are. Um, and I, when I go grocery shopping... Um, I pick up extra groceries for people and deliver it to their homes, people who don't have a car or people who don't have money to buy groceries. So, I mean, I think as Christians, we're, we're called to, to serve other people, either through our prayers and our words or our actions. Yes, I think that's very, very good advice. And we know um, because we believe that the Lord is our refuge and um, that when we cry out to him, he hears our prayers and he will give us triumph over our enemies. And so that is continues to be my advice is to remember that the coronavirus has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Um, we're asking the Lord every day to rob it of its power. And we continue to do that because all things are possible with him. And we will not be afraid because he is standing at our right hand. So I really appreciate your coming on today. Maybe um, we can do some other things to help people through this short period of time where we'll all be um, contained in our homes. Amen. Okay, thank you, Karen. Thank you. God bless you. Bye.